Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you for joining me on the Word Podcast. You know, in our previous episode, we saw in 2 Timothy, the first chapter, that Paul was giving some giving Timothy some rather forthright directions, okay, instructions. And they're words for us also. In the sixth verse, he told Timothy, he said, let me remind you. He said, let me remind you, because of your faith, and I know that sincere faith that you have within you, to kindle afresh the gift of God which is in you, okay, to fan into flames the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, and again, we don't know exactly what that gift is, but we can see major hints about it. We can see what some things uh, as far as speaking and proclaiming the word, teaching, instructing. Uh, why the big emphasis with laying on of my hands could be that there was an impartation of the spirit that Paul had received with the same kind of calling, the same kind of giftings, perhaps, that now Timothy had. And he's telling Timothy, you need to fan this into flame. Well, what had caused it to uh, sort of die down a little bit? We didn't talk about that last time. Well, we don't know. Could have been just a, the cares and concerns and the pressures of life. Regardless, something uh, was happening that he needed to kindle it. I think the next verse gives us a hint because remember verse 7 said, God has not given us a spirit of timidity. I think fear had come against Timothy. <laughs> yeah, we've all been there before, right? That fear had come against Timothy. And remember what Paul says, the Lord hasn't given us a spirit of timidity, of fear or anything like that. But he's given us the spirit of power and love and discipline. And we went through that in the last episode. But this is a tremendous thing for us to understand. If you fear, feel fearful, you know that that's not of God. Now, I'm not talking about the fear that comes across when you're walking through the park or something, all of a sudden you encounter a copperhead. No, 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 no. <laughs> the flee and get me away from that kind of thing. That's fine. God created us to be protective of ourselves, right? Yeah. No, but you know the type of fear I'm talking about, particularly with timidity right here, this thing of uh, one translation calls it a spirit of cowardice. Okay, you're wanting to back away. You don't want to deal with anything. No, but God has given us a spirit of power and love and discipline. Now listen to the next verse, verse eight. Therefore, in light of all this, Okay? In light of this fact, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Ah, this probably gives us a little more insight into what was going on in Timothy's life. And boy, does this not happen in our lives. He's saying, you know what? Don't, don't, don't be cowardice. Don't be fearful of this. Realize that's not coming from the Holy Spirit. That's coming from some unholy spirit. And the issue seems to be that he was being challenged. Don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. You know, sometimes people can be very uh, combative and oppositional uh, when they speak to us about the things of the kingdom, particularly people that view themselves and think that they're actually saved, but they're not. You know, they're very religious or something like that. And you'll hear a lot of this. Well, we've always done it this way before. This is what I think and et cetera, et cetera. When you sit there and say, well, what saith the word of the Lord? They look like at you like you're crazy. So he's telling him, don't be ashamed. In light of this, because you have been equipped and empowered by the Holy Spirit with power, love, and discipline, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, his prisoner. 
you ever thought about that? Can you just imagine the dynamics of that? So here Paul comes into town and he speaks the truth and people are saved by the hundreds and by the thousands, regardless of what town or whatever. And all the time he's finding himself in prison for it. He's thrown in jail. Don't you know that the religionist, the Judaizers, whatever you want to call them, the religionists of the day would use that? Oh yes, oh yes. This 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 uh, new thing is great. This uh, this is good. But that Paul, uh, <coughs> I don't know about him. No, no, no. He's always in jail, so he can't be good. You know, he can't be just thrown in jail because of what he believes. So he's telling him, "Don't be ashamed of me either." Then he tells him to do something else. So watch this. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me, His prisoner, but join with me and suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. One thing you're going to see in 2 Timothy is that the normative life of the true believer has suffering in it. Now, boy, if you turn on a lot of Christian TV, you would think otherwise. You know, if it's said forthrightly a lot of times, and other times it's highly inferred, that if you're really doing what you're supposed to be doing, particularly if you're really sending in enough money to us, then your life will have no problems whatsoever. Uh, in the next chapter, he's actually going to tell Timothy, hey, you know what? All who desire to be godly in Christ Jesus will undergo suffering and persecution. Right here, he's saying, Timothy, not only don't be ashamed of me, don't be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, but join with me. Join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. Hmm, that's really interesting. There's something in the suffering for the gospel that's related to the power of God. God will empower us to walk through that suffering, to endure that suffering, to his praise, his honor, and his glory. We're going to see later on in 2 Timothy that Paul says, yeah, man, I'm going through this thing. I know it's happening, but I know that God's going to rescue me. He's going to rescue me from every evil, and he's going to escort me to, to heaven. Oh, so Paul sees the ultimate rescue from evil as when we're escorted to heaven. And we all do that. We just get a little distracted because we think that it's a, the process can be negative. We think that it's a negative thing to die. Uh, I've got a, a dear friend here uh, locally whose uh, body is uh, fighting him right now, okay? And he's probably in a, a situation to where uh, – uh, it's just a little more of a reality that we all have, but we choose not to think about it. Uh, every, every day, every one of us are dying, right? We're dying every day. We just don't know when we're going to die. His calendar is probably a little more precise than ours. But, you know, he just looked at his wife one day. He says, well, honey, you know, if we believe what we say we believe, if you're going to heaven, you're going to have to die. <laughs> you know, which is the truth. You know, that is the truth. And uh, he's saying this, just join me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. God's power is there. Take care of it. Verse 9, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity. Now, this, this is one of these verses. Let me see how long this is. Verse 8 that was verse 9, verse 10, and verse 11 are all one sentence. <laughs> so we're going to have to stop mid-sentence, right? But just look what he's saying. He said we're suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. And then he reminds us what the power of God has done for us. Okay? He saved us. He called us with a holy calling. 
That call, like kaleo, kaleo, which means to call, to invite, okay? The Lord has called us with a holy calling. And it wasn't according to the works that we had done to earn this in any way. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's according to his own purpose. It's simply because he purposed to call us. He purposed to save us. He purposed to call us with a holy calling. He did it by his grace. And that grace was granted to us in Christ Jesus. Okay? It's in the Lord Jesus Christ that this grace has come and that the calling has come and that we're saved. Watch this. The New American Standard says, from all eternity. Well, that's okay, but well, these other translations help a lot. King James, before the world began. ESV, before the ages began. The Lexum was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Each one of these has a little nuance of emphasis. Before time began, before the Lord spoke anything into existence, he granted the grace in and through Christ Jesus, that Christ Jesus would be the one by which grace would come. What does that, what does that mean? Well, that means that the Lord knew before he spoke everything into existence exactly what would happen, that there would be a need for the grace that would come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And he knew who would be saved and who he would call. He knew his own purpose before the world began. I tell you what, I'm totally out of time. We'll pick up right there the next time, okay? Think about those things. Again, I'm Dale, and I'll see you then. Goodbye.